Bound by Books, a podcast of authors talking all things books. Today, we're going to be going into author branding, one of my favorite topics. I'm Tina Moss, and I'm joined today by Marianne Morea. Hi, Hi, everybody. Mary. How are you doing today? I'm good. I am good. I am typing away, revving away. The words are flowing, which is which is nice for a change for me. What, since what are you working on right now? What book? Um, I just finished um, a novella for Robin Peterman's Magic and Mayhem um, universe. It's called Witch Upon a Star. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I, it's my third book um, in her universe. Uh, and they kind of all flow together. And I have mine get a little dark, you know, because that's kind of my thing. They get a little dark. But there's always humor and there's always um, some steamy moments. So, you know, I, I give that. the reader what, what, I, what I usually give the reader. And uh, right now I'm finishing up um, The Siren's Mate, which is the third book in the Lords of Alorus trilogy, which um, if you think um, mermaids and leviathans and dragons, oh my, you know. Awesome. <laughs> So, and everything it. takes place. It's like, it's like my answer to Atlantis and it's not Atlantis. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Cause it's uh it's Lords of Alorus Hidden Seas is the name of the series. Cool. Is the name of the place Alorus? Uh, Alorus is the world. Mm -hmm. The name of the town, the name of the, the capital city is Elantides. Awesome. So, cause it's supposedly like kind of where this is like the real world. Mm -hmm. of of Atlantis but Atlantis is the myth that that grew out of it Atlantis oh, is so you know fun. so yeah oh I love that that's awesome yeah I've been trying to get the words down too I have a story due for an anthology for claimed among the stars which is a sci-fi anthology that I'm doing with other sci-fi romance authors a lot of fun I'm actually going to use that story when it comes out of the anthology as my reader magnet for my spin-off series to my current series. So that'll be that'll be a good way to introduce the, the spin-off series. And then I'm writing the third book in the current series, which is Aliens Temptation. So doing all the things. And it's the first time I'm writing two books at once. Um, even though the I other do it all the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do it I all the time. <laughs> I don't know how your brain like like switches, like code switches like that, but I don't think my brain is meant for it. So I might have a little bit of I have to tell you this because all the books that I've done for Robin are in first person mm -hmm. and I usually for my books I usually write in third person mm -hmm. and I have to say I like writing in first person better I was just you know I for some reason it just seems like the the emotive part of the a part of it seems to happen a little bit faster for mm -hmm. me in that respect um but you talk about code switching when I, I, I released it to the editor and, you know, and I, I it, it's, it's ready to get, uh, get sent to her for her to upload to D to, you know, draft the digital. And I opened up the sirens mate, which is in third person. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, my tenses are all <laughs> off. I have to go back 
make sure it's not it's not I and me, you know, I mean, it's I she and her. Experience. Like I have only ever written in third person until the sci-fi series. I never wrote first person and I was very like unsure if I wanted to do this. And then I dove into first person. It's still switching between the hero and hero, which I feel like I need. For me, it's very hard to write in just one um, perspective. I think it's because of all the voices in my head. Yes, same, <laughs> same. <laughs> But I really like first person too. It's a lot of fun. It's so different from third and, and it gives you like definitely a um, a deeper connection, I feel like to the characters and a way to really, you know, know them even more. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. The 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 switching POVs, like going from from Oh, highly her, recommend. You know, yeah. So I'm gonna try I'm I think I may try that in the next one. I mean, That's a good way to actually talk about branding because as we were saying before we started recording, um that can be one of the internal aspects of branding. And I think the internal parts are the things that people don't think about as much. For example, uh, your voice, your style, the common themes or tropes, or even if you write in the same genre or partner genres, as I like to call them. And yep. we could do a deep dive into that later, but let's start with the external, the kind of parts that people know a little bit better. The external would be the visuals that you show to your reader. That's how I would describe them to, to a newbie in, in author branding. Well, I mean, I don't know if you can see. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll switch myself down here. That's my stacked logo right there, Marianne Morea. And it says, sexy, dangerous, supernatural suspense. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like what I've decided, although I'm getting rid of the word suspense, it's just going to be sexy, dangerous, supernatural. That's going to be, that's my branding right there. That's so that's for what those I've that are um, not watching on YouTube, if you want to see the visuals, hop over to YouTube. But if you're listening to us, uh, Marianne has her name stacked one on top of the other. So it's Marianne on top and it's elongated. And then Maria is on the bottom and it's bigger. The The text is the same for both and it's very stylized. Your, your name is a specific stylized font. Um, which is very good for branding in terms of standing out. Like immediately when you see that, you're going to think Marianne Maria because of that style. Right. Now I also have it. I also have it straight across as well, because mm -hmm. sometimes the stack just doesn't lend itself. So, but it's the same exact fonting. So right. it's, you know, so it's easily recognizable. And so for, for those out there who are listening, Marianne is actually going to go through an audit with me, a branding audit in the summer where we're going to look at everything. So we'll have, um, if, if you guys enjoy this podcast, we can have a whole case study for you of Marianne. <gasps> it's a makeover! It's a makeover! <laughs> Yay! Before and after. <laughs> already my brain went, oh, Marianne, I love that stack. I'm telling you, the stack is the way to go. Um, yeah. It's, it's very eye-catching, whereas when you have it elongated, so this is a good thing, I think, for people to think about in terms of branding your, your name, right? My name is very small letters. Um, it's only four on each side, so Tina and Moss. So the nice part of that is I have an equal thing for stacking, but it, it also means that I can have it elongated and have it very large on the covers because it's a shorter name. When you have a longer name, for example, Marianne, you're thinking about how it's going to look on the covers. So you have to shorten it down. You have to make it smaller in order to fit long-wise across the covers. So when it's stacked, it's much more eye-catching. Even though the Maria has to essentially be bigger, I personally like that. I think it 
gives it more um, life and makes it more visually appealing. And the Morea is especially the part that you want people to remember. So, cause when they're looking you up, if they looked up Marianne, they'll get a million people. If they looked yeah. up Morea, it's a lot less. So even if I don't remember the first part, I'll be like, oh, Morea, that was so pretty. So thinking about it from a visual aspect, if you don't have a graphic arts background, think about what's going to be the most appealing to your reader, most eye-catching to your reader is the long name across as eye-catching as that stacked logo. That's the question. Yeah, I know. And it has to do also, I, I think um, when you're designing your covers with either if you're doing it yourself or you're working together with a, an, an artist, you have to give them your branding first so that they have that um, in their head as as something that has to fit on the page. Mm -hmm. And then they can kind of design around it and then design, decide whether you want it on the top of the top. Mm -hmm. of the of the book cover or if you want it on the bottom of the book cover you know what's good where's the placement going to be and then you have to keep that placement exactly the same on all books mm -hmm. you know or at least within a series i think right. probably right so i mean i had an issue where there was just so many things going on in book covers that i needed the you know because i i needed the the elongated one because i there was it, it the the stacked one just took up too much real estate on the mm -hmm. cover and that is something that I'll, I will have to revisit when we do our audit, you know, yeah. to, you know, because I'm already squirreling away my pennies to have covers redesigned, you know? Right. So I think um, for our watchers, I'm going to put up a couple of covers here. They're not necessarily going to be our covers of just an example of how much a stacked name will take up on a cover versus an elongated cover. And you can see the difference in terms of like when she's talking about real estate on a cover how much of the cover is it taking up? Is it taking up a third, a quarter, a half, you know, more? Um, you do want your name fairly large on the cover because that thumbnail size, that tiny, tiny little thumbnail that you'll see, you still want to be able to make out the name if possible. Um, and that will help again with branding because it's all about the visual when we're talking about external stuff and getting people to see it and it stick in their brains how many times is the average and something like seven times that a person has to see it before they're yep. able to sell. So you yep. want people to remember your name. It's really important. Also having the same font across different covers, especially in the same genre. If you're switching genres, you can think about different, but I wouldn't recommend keeping it the same across all. It's actually why my name is very um, simple font. It's, uh, I believe it's high tech. I want to say I forget the name, but I'll I'll put it up here later for our watch. Mine it mine is a is a stylized um, designer pro. I mean, yep. I'm sorry, D Desire Pro. Desire is, Pro. Is, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's. I mean, I took I had my my artist take. I do have a background in graphic design, so you know, and even though I didn't have the time to actually design it myself, um, I took pieces of different parts of the letters and different mm -hmm. of the they're called glyphs so you have a, a designer pro has different um like they'll have like four or five different choices for a capital a you know for every single right. letter in the alphabet has different choices and you and, you know i i had them um made into uh uh, uh oh, 
vectors so that I was able yeah. to take pieces of them and use them in different spots. And like that E doesn't exist, you know, and the A right. doesn't exist. You know, I had her make that for me because I liked it, you know, and it was, it's just yeah. made my, it made, it, it made it kind of mine, even though it's designer pro, it's not designer pro, you know right. what I mean? So and it's very pretty and it's very unique. I went in the opposite direction because when I first started out, I wasn't sure. Well, for one, I started out in, um, paranormal romance, urban fantasy, a little bit darker. So I wanted something that was more stark on when you looked at it. It was very, you know, straight lines, no, no curves whatsoever. And it was, um, had that starkness to it. And then when I transferred to sci-fi romance, I wanted to make sure that my branding was consistent across because sci-fi romance is what I call a partner genre to paranormal romance, where mm -hmm. sci-fi romance readers will also usually read paranormal paranormal readers will sometimes read sci-fi. So I knew that I would have crossover appeal. If I was going to, let's say, small town romance, then I would probably not keep my same branding and, and do something completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah. But your stylized name is also very reminiscent of what you write. So tell us a little bit about why you chose that stylized version. I know you said you wanted something individual, but does it marry with with the genres that you write? Well, um, I hope so. And I'm sure you'll tell me. That's my, yes. my, <laughs> the answer is yes. I, I write, um, it's a, it's kind of a blurred genre line between paranormal romance and urban fantasy and like straight up vampire shifter fiction, which mm -hmm. fiction, you know, which fiction. Um, I, so I think it does. I think it does because my books have romance elements, you know, and they have urban fantasy elements and there's always action. Um, and sometimes the action can get dark. Sometimes the emotional trauma that my characters have been through that they have overcome. And it's usually my vampires, you know, that they, that they have to overcome um, is, is a, is on the dark side, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it's always, it's always broken up with humor mm -hmm. and with steamy bits so that the reader is not always like, you know, their throat is, is not, in, you know, is not squeezing tight, you know, and they can't breathe because of how, all the dark that's going on, you know, you make them laugh and then they can exhale, you know? Right. So that's kind of the way I do it. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it, it, uh, it has a little bit of the romance flavor, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's not so swoopy that it's, you know, you exactly. Know, I was going to say it's you know? super reflective in what you write. I think because it has these very like tall letters that are straight edged. And then you have like this little surprises of swoops, like the swoop in the O and the swoop in the A and the swoop in the E and the roundness on the R. It has like all of these, um, not comedic, but like lighter elements that yes. I think you would find in your stories. Like, yes, it is yep. a dark vampire-esque, but then you have this, this funny side and this, you know, the steamy side. So it's really, yeah. I think, encapsulating everything very nicely. And that's I don't think how specific you could get yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could ever write a book that was nothing but fluff. Um, <laughs> I just, my brain doesn't work that way, but at the same time, being a New Yorker, you know, snarky humor is kind of second nature to us. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You're as much a New Yorker as I am. So, <laughs> so, so true. yeah. So, and like, show me, show, like, do, can you put up a, a one of yours so people can see mm -hmm. yours? 
yeah, I will put it on, uh, I'll pop it on the screen in, in editing so that you guys can see what I'm talking about. So here, let's move to, we talked a little bit about fonts and specifically in your author name. Now, of course, fonts on the title should also be reflective of the genre and the themes that you'll find. And you'll notice in mine here in my sci-fi series, um, I'll pop Aliens Captive and Aliens Made on the screen. Again, I went with that very like Stark-esque um, quality to the font for Aliens, which is all straight edged, although I did make it gold and pretty and sparkly because space. Um, and then the second thing, uh, this is also, again, what my artist did, what we talked about it, is to have that more looping font, something more romantic, something more fun, and of course, a little bit quirky. Because my branding, again, when I switched from uh, darker paranormal romance into sci-fi was to lighten everything up, right? All of my color schemes had been dark. If you looked at my old author photo, it was me in my 20s with my arms crossed, looking serious in a leather jacket and very New Yorker. Um, where I said, okay, this is this is not me anymore. Today I have my hair up in little uh, pigtails on the top. I usually wear space buns to conventions. My colors now are much brighter. They're pink and yellow and purple and also spacey themed to reflect this switch from, from darker to a more quirky uh, branding that I wanted to do. So when you're branding, not only are you branding your book covers, you're also branding yourself, your brand, it's your author brand. So when I present to my reader, I wanted to make sure that everything that I was putting out is in align with that. So anytime that I'm putting out um, a video on TikTok or anytime I'm putting out a post, I wanna keep the same feeling to it. I wanna make sure that I'm expressing myself in a way that's very true to myself, but is also a very specific cultivated side of that truth. Because at the same time that you're a whole person, you're also presenting as a brand. So if you think about the way like traditional brands, let's say the soda brands, Coca-Cola or Pepsi, right? When you immediately think Coca-Cola, you're going to think of certain logos. You're going to think of the red. You're going to think of their, their fun um, kind, kind of quirky commercials or a better one, Budweiser, when they used to do the Budweiser frogs, right? Oh my God, that was like iconic to have that kind of quirkiness in it. Right. So the other part of this is besides just the covers, think about how you as a person present. Marianne, you were talking a little bit what you used to wear at conventions and can you tell us why you did that and what style you were going for? Well, um, I mean, I always had like, um... I'm, I'm not a leather kind of a girl. And, you know, like my, my main, my first book ever was Hunter's Blood. And, it, you know, my character Lily always wore leathers and leather corsets and, you know, and, you know, biker boots and so forth, because she was very, she was kind of a, you know, kick-ass and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I couldn't wear the leathers and the biker boots because that's not me, even though mm -hmm. the her personality is me. Um, but the corsets was was what I what I wanted the corset. Um, so and then when I wrote book two, um, I wrote my vampire character Abigail, and Abigail was the the way I described her was that she had a very elegant uh, Jackie, uh, you know Jackie Onassis, you know Jackie Kennedy kind of a mm -hmm. look, um, but you know, but carried herself with an air of. Um, fuck with me and I'll eat you 
you know, that's it. Cause she's, cause she's a vampire, you know? Um, and you know, and so that, that kind of classic look was what I went for, mm-hmm. but I still kept the corset. So I would wear the pencil skirt and I would wear mm-hmm. the stilettos or the kitten heels with that, with a corset. And I would have like a little, you know, a little bolero sweater over my shoulders mm-hmm. or something like that, that it was like, you know, so I didn't go for the, the very sexy, you know, like, you know, I'm walking a street corner kind of a corset type of a thing, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't raunchy. I made it very elegant Mm -hmm. um, because that was what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to portray. And I wore it every single time I would go to a convention or a book signing. That was my armor, you know, and I had, and Mm -hmm. I I had, and I had all different kinds of courses. I did not like I had to wear the same exact one every time, but it seemed like I would always wear ones that had polka dots on them. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So that was kind of like my, my thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what it did. And I would pair it with different color pencil skirts and different color shoes. And I would always have the bag that matched the shoes. So everything was kind of like that elegant, but fun. And then the personality that was, that was Lily, which is, you know, the, you know, kind of badass and also (laughs) Abigail's don't fuck with me or I'll eat you was kind of like the, I may look like I'm this sweet, you know, elegant kind of, you know, person, but at the same time, I could take that stiletto and shove it where the sun don't shine, (laughs) you know, because I do have a background in karate. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, so it's kind of a conglomerate. So that's how I presented myself. I mean, I know that some authors, when they go to book signings and so forth, they want to be comfortable. And believe Mm -hmm. me, I get it because walking around in stilettos all day, you know, your feet are like this, you know, afterwards. Um, But I always wanted to present myself in a specific kind of a way. And we were talking too about, okay, now that might have fit you before. And if we were to update that, what could we change? And one of the things I suggested to Marianne was instead of the pencil skirt, go with the bigger flowy skirt. You could wear flats then. It doesn't give that same elegant feel, but it does give that like witchy feel that I think is very much a part of your personality. It is too. Very much in lines with paranormal, right? Um, and I, and I think that would be a good direction for you. Now, of course, that's just a suggestion, but it is hard to think about not only just your covers and your books as a separate entity, you're also in this day and age, and I hate to say this because I know so many people hate it, but you're an author influencer. So you have to think about how you as a person are presenting. I think a lot about what, what you're just talking about. I think of J.R. Ward, right? Anytime I've a- ever seen her, at a convention or just on social media, she is always presenting in the same way in that very kind of like classic, elegant look to her. So with the heels and the skirts or the trousers and the blazers, like very professional looking. And that's because that's part of her brand. And it's important to keep consistent with your brand. Now, I specifically, I am a nerdy, quirky person, and I wanted to make sure that my, my brand reflected that as well. So when I'm going to conventions or when I'm presenting on screen, I am thinking about, okay, I want to bring out more parts of myself. So it's, it's about finding yourself and being true to who you are and then heightening those parts of yourself. So more on the external, we kind of went over um, the fonts, we went over the branding of the author, we went over the, the covers and the colors. Is there anything within your brand, Marianne, right now that you would say, okay, yes, this is visually or externally what I'm presenting to the reader before we go into more of the internal parts? Like, is there anything specific? On the covers? 
um, at all in your in your entire author brand that you can my entire say, author yes, brand um there's always this there the covers always have to have they have to kind of reflect what's what the what the reader's going to find inside mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So if it's if your storyline is is more urban fantasy, then you would have to think about just having like a single character on the cover, you know, maybe yep. more of a more of a, an action kind of a kind of a look, you know, that type mm -hmm. of a thing. If it's more leaning towards paranormal romance to have uh, you know a couple or something you know something kind of more romantic as as you know as as the right. the look you know the man chest or what have mm -hmm. you um which is always a a good thing at least as far as i'm concerned um, <laughs> well, most of my covers are man chest, so. yeah so um in terms of in terms of how i present myself the other thing i would think about is how you set up your tables when you're Ooh. when you're presenting you know when you're you know and, and also um because i'm getting ready to go to a, to go to a, a a book convention in july and i'm mm -hmm. thinking you know and i only have a half a table so you know you can you can you set it up so it's haphazard yeah i mean so do you have you you know and you look like you're disorganized you, it, it's a much better experience for the reader as well as for the author if everything is organized and they don't have to hunt around for things so you have to mm -hmm. make sure that you have your books set up in a way that is visual because people kind of either they look from the top to the bottom or the bottom for the top and it's usually rising that's the better and you right. have to have things set so that they can see everything you know six books at a time or or you know or four books at a time or eight books at a time depending on how you're how high you want your your uh, your stack to go but have everything organized you know so that they you know because you only have maybe five seconds to do a to do an elevator pitch to a, or to a right. reader that's walking by so the other thing is your your branding is have your elevator pitch have your mm -hmm. your slightly longer elevator pitch have your your 15 second one where you know if they, they've now picked up the book so that your blurbs on your books are all kind of this not i don't not the same because i don't want to say that because you don't want you don't want the same um, stylistically the st same. St stylistically the same mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that they're not a book in themselves you know you have to get the most pertinent points but also have pullout quotes on them so that they can read almost like a headline because when mm -hmm. people are scanning books as they go by they're reading headlines it's like oh it's like scrolling through through news you know you read the headline and if the headline grabs you then you click and you read the rest of the article you know right. so it's kind of the same thing with the blurb is to but to, to stylistically have it be the same on each book so that they can turn it over look at it and go oh and if they like it then they'll open it up and read maybe the first paragraph paragraph or what have you. So that's all that's the only other thing I can think of. Um, and maybe I'm blanking. So no, that's fill a me in. point. Absolutely. Like having your at when you're doing signings at conventions, having your table set up in a way that is consistent with your other branding and who you are. So for example, your swag should all be in your same colors, same style, your if you're doing like bookmarks and stickers and whatnot. So I have um, thank you cards and postcards that are like a mini version of my bigger banner. Again, it's all in, in line with the same color schemes, et cetera. Um, and no one is saying that you have to spend tons and tons of money. I mean, you can no. go, you can go to to Sticker Mule and you can get mm -hmm. square stickers that you can stick on a on a 
paper on a paper bag that you pick up at the dollar store, you know, paper, exactly. you know, you can get the like, you know, and so that it's got your branding on the bag, you know, the paper, mm-hmm. you know, those little mini gift bags, if you want to stick a book in there with, you know, I also went and got um, five by seven, um, uh, uh, like almost like gift bags, like the clear cellophane gift mm-hmm. bags. And I put my different swag items in there in a specific way. So that the postcard shows on one side and the other side's got a sticker and a pin and a, and a pen and, a, and so forth. And it's there at the ready. I don't have to go and, you know, and, and pick different things. It's ready right. to hand, ready to off. hand. Yeah. That company you mentioned, Sticker Mule, also has discounts all, all the time. If you sign yep. up for their, their, no affiliation, but if you sign up for their newsletter, they do give um, promos all the time. But I have a funny story, actually, that has a direct relation to author branding. So I mentioned that my old author photo had like a very specific style to it. I looked, you know, I looked cool. I looked badass with my leather jacket and bright red hair. Um, but I was a redhead for many, many years before I started doing all of the, the fun colors. And when I went to a convention, it just so happened that my author photo had very long red hair and I happened to have cut it short. I had uh, a little bit longer than a, a pixie cut and it was more strawberry blonde than it was red in the picture. And I went to this event and readers were like gasping at me, like, where's your hair? Like we were expecting this long red hair. Like they were so flabbergasted that essentially this flat image that they had seen for for so many years um, wasn't what I look like right now. And it actually took readers aback and, and to the point where several of them were commenting to me. And that put the light bulb in my head of like, wow, author branding is really important. Yeah. I yeah. need to update this picture and make sure that I am consistent with, with who I am. Um, yeah. At yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a couple of pictures of me that, you know, that I used for author branding back in 2014 and 2015 when I was 40 pounds lighter than I am now. And um, it's, it, it, I can't use those because it doesn't look like me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, it's me, but it doesn't look like me because whether you believe it or not, when you, you your face changes, your everything, it's not just your body, your face changes. So, uh, you know, people, I had one, one convention in 2016 when I had just put on a little bit of weight. Um, the ga- It was like a, a, a scavenger hunt that they had to find you, you know, as it was part of the convention, like the, the fun things for, for the readers to do. And somebody came up to me and said, you're the only one who actually looks like their picture. Wow. And I was like, okay. So I had that kind of light bulb moment too, you know, and it, and it, you have to, you have to make sure that whatever the readers are looking for, that, that, you know, in terms of a visual of yours, it, it's actually the, what they're going to find. Right. So if, if you think about in terms of, you know, oh, I'm in my, my author photo, I want to wear like, these very unique looking glasses or this very unique necklace or whatever, you better make sure that in every single picture and every time you go to convention, you have them because Mm -hmm. they are going to be looking for that because that becomes a trademark essentially of who you are. So, and and beyond the externals, let's switch over to the internals now because you kind of hinted at it a little bit with with the blurbs on the back of books and having the elevator pitch. So in addition to all of these visual things, there's also the internal that's part of your author branding. And that can be things like I mentioned earlier, voice and style and themes and tropes that are consistent across your books. So Marianne, when we were talking a little bit about how we were going to do your rebrand, 
what's some of the things that you had commonalities in your books? I know you talked about it a little bit, but if you had to really pinpoint, and I think it's part of your tagline, what would be the things that like I, as a reader, come to a Miriam Araya book that I'm going to find? That they're always sexy. Mm -hmm. um, they're, that, that the action, there's always danger. There's always mm -hmm. danger. And it's always supernatural. It's always paranormal, you know, that. all different kinds of all different kinds of paranormal entities. I don't I'm not just a vampire girl, I'm not just a mm -hmm. shifter girl. And I'm not just a witch girl or a fey girl. I mean, I, I, I run the, the gamut. So saying supernatural covers everything. And I did the I had sexy, dangerous, paranormal, but it didn't roll off the tongue as well as, well as sexy, dangerous, supernatural. supernatural. And yeah. like when you're when you're writing especially if you're if you're if your talent is kind of innate which most writers their talent is innate you know that using right when you're writing and you're using fresh language that alliteration is one of the things that that kind of sticks with a reader i mean you don't want it to be sally you know shuck seashells down by the seashore type of a thing but you want to get that alliteration in there because it makes your writing musical so kind of you know kind of have that same rhythm that same flow in your branding as well mm -hmm. you know there's always different words you can pick that are going to have this you know that's going to re resonate the same way but may work better exactly yep I'm going to say, um, I'm going to get a little psychoanalytical. I discovered in writing my books, and this was only thing that I had discovered maybe within the last couple of years, is that I have found families in all of my books. All of my books have my characters that usually come from family backgrounds that are, are not great, or there's a missing parent, or there's, you know, um, somebody has passed or, or abuse. There's there's a lot of different things, but that they really come to understand love and friendship through found families and support outside of their, their blood kin. And I had not realized that, although I should, because God knows the trauma is there <laughs> in my own life, that this was what I was writing. And I think it's really interesting if, you know, whether you're purposely doing that beforehand or whether you discover it afterwards, that writing brings out different parts of ourselves that we don't sometimes realize, right? And that yeah. can be a thing that then becomes a, a brand for you. Because now as I'm moving forward and I have realized this, I've kind of made it a, a part of my branding is that you're going to get a story. You're always going to get the, the typical genre story, whether it's paranormal or sci-fi and, and the romance and the steam and all that. But I do have this underlying thread of found families and creating um, creating that love and, and friendship through outside, uh, outside uh, family kin, you know, my themes, so. my themes are always whether I mean, aside from tropes of enemies to lovers or mm -hmm. friends to lovers, or, you know, whatever trope you decide to, to, to use, mine is always a commonality of um, redemption and second chances. Mm -hmm. That's always the common theme, whether it's a, my vampires looking for absolution and redemption, or whether it's my, uh, my shifters, or even, you know, my, my witches, you know, looking for whether or not they're worthy to love, you mm -hmm. know, or second chance, a second chance at romance, because the first first time failed, or the first time was an absolute success. And then it, somebody died, 
you know, yeah. somebody passed away. It's always a common theme of mine. Those three things, absolution, redemption, and second chance is always something that you're going to find in my books. And I, I think part of it is because for myself, that's always something I'm looking for. From but- a craft perspective, I think that's really important to, again, and this, I'm, I'm not telling anybody to, you know, dive into their demons type of thing. You have to decide that on your own. But I do think from a craft perspective, it is a good thing to, to figure out, like, where are these things coming from? Like, why am I gravitating towards this particular theme? Why mm-hmm. does this, you know capture me so much that I want to write about it or that it's coming out um, subconsciously in my writing because that will make your writing essentially stronger and it will also help you determine how you brand things um, moving forward. You know, it's funny. I was, I, you know, I just got back from Florida yesterday because my, my dad's sick and I've been down there to kind of give my mom a hand and, and so forth. And, you know, just driving back and forth to dropping him off at dialysis. You know, we were talking about the next book that I'm, that I'm going to be writing in um, a paranormal women's fiction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this brings me to like, you know, where it says sexy in my, in my branding, sexy doesn't always necessarily mean sex. Absolutely. It doesn't, you know, it, 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 this, there's always underlying tensions that go, mm-hmm. that go about it. And, you know, um, so it, it's, you know, I guess I could put sensual dangerous, yep. you know, instead, be, because sexy has the, is an umbrella. It's, it's, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, yeah. it can be fade to black. It could be, you know, off page. It can be in your face, graphic, 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 which I, I think have, sexy works because you know. sexy does not mean spicy. Spicy no. is, is visual. Like you're going yeah. to get it all on the page, but sexy, like you said, it could be a lot yep. of different things. It could be, you know, just a, a stiletto heel on the floor that can be considered yeah. sexy, not even, you know, not even attached, like yeah. that kind of thing, or like silk sheets, or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a huge graphic scene. So I, I think that's perfect for you, yeah. especially because of the genres that you cross. Right, right. And, you know, so she was asking, my, my mom asked me, she goes, why is, why do your characters get, why do things get so dark sometimes? Mm. She said, you didn't have a dark childhood. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that that's not, that those are my own fears that are being manifested in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a way. So, I mean, it's like you said before, you don't have to dive into your demons and so forth, but those demons they they come out in your writing whether you want them to or not and it's, it's how you channel them into what you want to make your brand mm-hmm. so that you don't so that you don't get typecast also yep. you have to make sure that you are cognizant of 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 how much you let bleed onto the page mm-hmm. because otherwise i mean once you have three or four books out and that's you know you kind of typecast yourself in that thing you know yep. in that in that lane you know and uh you know we we talk about you know, uh, staying in your lane, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in other, in other podcasts and so forth. And branding kind of speaks to that because they're kissing cousins. They, you know, they, you know, they're, they're, Absolutely. it's a yin and a yang. It goes together. Um, so if you want to change that perception, you know, reader perception of your writing and reader perception of you, you have to kind of get into a different lane and then change everything, your branding, yeah. your, your, the, your look and the tone of your books, mm-hmm. you know, Even has, your has to, yeah. Sometimes you take on a different pen name. Yeah. That's yeah. Why authors do that sometimes yep. is like, I'm, if I were to, let's say all of a sudden, like I said, write small town, sweet romance, then all of the branding that I have done under the Tina Moss name is now null and void. I can't possibly pivot 
to that genre because it's so radically different from what I currently write. So, so again, it's it's like starting from from square one, which there's nothing wrong with, but it's no, something it's to hard. Keep in mind yeah, yeah. That you have to rebuild all of it. I mean, even though we're talking about how in my branding, how sexy is kind of like it can be a stiletto on the floor in mm-hmm. silk sheets and so forth, or it could be spicy, you know, mm-hmm. um, if my most of my books do have spice, most of my books do have some graphic sex scenes, except for my paranormal women's fiction. Mm-hmm. And because paranormal women's fiction does not have overt sex scenes in it, mm-hmm. it has it has sexual tension and off page, you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, that type of a thing. So I did have to change my name. Mm-hmm. You know, because if a reader, you know, because in the, you know, when a reader picks up a paranormal women's fiction, they're not going to get any any overt sex, you know. Mm-hmm. And if somebody who's been reading my Maria Maria stuff is expecting that, they're right. going to be disappointed. So even that slight nuance there yeah. is a branding issue because it's is a part a, of your brand because you set right. up reader expectations that they're going to get right. spice in your books, whereas if suddenly all of a sudden there's no spice, they're going to be like, "Hey, where's the spice?" So <laughs> what I did is I. I went back to my maiden name and I mm-hmm. write those books under Marianne Danbury. But the one thing I did do because I would like to have some kind of crossover mm-hmm. is I kept the fonting the, the same style. Yep. The style. Nice. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it makes it so that it's relatable that it's like, Oh yeah, I remember this. And then when they realize it's me, they'll understand that this is something they're going to get with this. And this mm-hmm. is something they're going to get with that, but it's still me. Yep. So there's enough crossover there that yes. you can capture right. one audience to another, but they know what they're going to get and expect from you. Correct. Right. Awesome. All right. I think we, uh, I think we nailed this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Branding on the, you know, internal branding and external branding, both in yourself mm-hmm. and in your books are things that you have to take into consideration before you just hit the publish button on KDP. You know, especially as, you know, when you work for, when you are writing for a trad publisher, usually they're the ones who are going to help control your branding because mm-hmm. they have an army of, of designers and marketers who are going to help you. At least that's what you're hoping they're going to do because they're collecting <laughs> a huge lion's share of your, of your, of your royalties. But when you're doing this as an indie, mm-hmm. you better hope you have your own best friend, Tina Moss, <laughs> to help you, to help you to, to audit your branding. If not, do your due diligence and do your research, you know, to make sure that you're getting it all right, or else you're going to spend a lot of time backtracking and fixing things yeah i mean well, maybe you know when we uh if you guys want and we decide to launch a, a patreon i'll uh put author branding as part of part of our patreon package coming yep. uh, coming to a theater near you <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so this was a good this was good it got me fired up to to for the audit in june's because i'm i'm ready i'm ready I'm super excited. And I'm if ready. you all are I'm interested ready. in author branding and you want us to do a part two, or if you want us to have a Mary and Maria case study, make sure that you like us on all the platforms, give us comments uh, on YouTube and, and do all the things like love, all that good stuff. And yep. otherwise we will see you next time, Monday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Found by Books. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.